The Structure of a Scientific Paper, Part 3, Abstract Definition An abstract should be viewed as a miniature version of the paper. The abstract should provide a brief summary of each of the main sections of the paper. Introduction, materials and methods, results and discussion. As Houghton 1975 put it, an abstract can be defined as a summary of the information in a document. A well-prepared abstract enables readers to identify the basic content of a document quickly and accurately, to determine its relevance to the interests, and thus to decide whether they need to read the document in its entirety. American National Standard Institute, 1979b. The abstract should not exceed the length specified by the journal, commonly 250 words, and it should be designed to define clearly what is dealt with in the paper. Typically, the abstracts should be typed as a single paragraph. As in Figure 9.1, some journals, however, run structured abstracts, consisting of a few brief paragraphs each preceded by a standardized subheading, as in Figure 9.2. Many people will read the abstract either in the original journal or as retrieved by computer search. The abstract should one state the principal objectives and scope of the investigation, two, describe the methods employed, three, summarize the results and four, state the principal conclusion. The importance of the conclusions is indicated by the fact that they are often given three times. Once in the abstract, again in the introduction, and again in more detail probably in the discussion. Most or all of the abstract should be written in the past tense because it refers to work done. The abstract should never give any information or conclusion that is not stated in the paper. Literature must not be cited in the abstract, except in rare instances, such as modification of a previously published method. Likewise, normally the abstract should not include or refer to tables and figures. Types of abstracts the preceding rules apply to the abstracts that are used in primary journals and often without change in the secondary services or chemical abstracts and etc. This type of abstract is often called an informative abstract and it is designed to condense the paper. It can and should briefly state the problem, the method used to study the problem, and the principal data and conclusion. Often the abstract supplants the need for reading the full paper. Without such abstracts, scientists would not be able to keep up in active areas of research. However, before citing a paper, you should read it in its entirety because some abstracts, surely not yours though, do not convey an entirely accurate picture of the research. This is the type of the abstract that precedes the body of the paper. 
thus serving as a heading in most journals. Another type of abstract is the indicative abstract, sometimes called a descriptive abstract. This type of abstract is designed to indicate the subjects dealt with in a paper, much like a table of contents making it easy for potential readers to decide whether to read the paper. However, because of the descriptive rather than substantive nature, it can seldom serve as a substitute for the full paper. Thus, indicative abstracts should not be used as heading abstracts in research papers, but they may be used in other types of publications, such as review papers, conference reports, and government's reports. Such indicative abstracts are often of great value to reference librarians. An effective discussion of various uses and types of abstracts was provided by McGurr, 1973, page 4, whose conclusions are well worth repeating. When writing an abstract, remember that it will be published by itself and should be self-contained. That is, it should contain a bibliographic figure or table references. The language should be familiar to the potential reader. Omit obscure abbreviation and acronyms. Write the paper before you write the abstract, if at all possible. Unless a line term is used several times within an abstract, do not abbreviate the term. When it introduced the appropriate abbreviation at first use in the text, probably in the introduction. Akin to abstracts. Some journals include, in addition to abstracts, other components briefly conveying key points to readers, scammers, or browsers. For example, some journals ask authors to provide a bulleted list of key messages of their articles either for posting only online or for publication as part of the article as well. Others, for instance, request a non-technical summary or a brief statement of implications. Some journals require such items to accompany all papers submitted. Others request them only for some or all the papers accepted for publication. Be aware that you may be asked to provide in essence, an abstract of your abstract. The abstract is a succinct summary of a paper. Like the title, it should be carefully written because it may be the only part of your paper that is read. Some journals require a specific format with headings. If not, there is a simple structure that, if followed, will produce a good abstract. There are four main parts as follows. 1. Problem. What problem did you study and why it is important? 2. Methods. What methods did you use? 3. Key findings. What was your key findings? 4. Significance. What did you conclude or what is the significance of your findings? In our paper, we began by describing the board topic address, background, and aim. We then identified the process study. The next sentences spelled out our main objective and described the approach we took to answer this question or approach.
The next few sentences describe the results or results. The last two sentences explain the practical application of the findings or practical application. Along with the abstract or keywords, select keywords and phrases that people will likely use to search for the papers.